Welcome to Greensburg Baptist Church. We welcome our church family and also our visiting friends. Thank you for coming to worship with us. To find out more about Greensburg Baptist Church, our upcoming events, and other church activities, visit our website anytime at greensburgbaptist.com. In the year 1517, October 31st, Martin Luther went and nailed his 95 theses to the Roman Catholic door. And to say these are the issues, concerns that they had with the teachings of the Roman Catholic Church and what began known or officially probably marked the line in which the Protestant Reformation began. But there were so many things that happened years prior to that and then things that took place long after. This wasn't like, okay, you guys are good, we're letting you go. No, this was an all-out war. And so it began to take place, and some almost 40 years later, October, October of 1555, right? So Luther nails to the 95 Theses to the door of the Roman Catholic Church, October 31st, 1517. And then October 1555, two men find themselves in the midst of the crosshairs of the Roman Catholic Church and the power of England. One of those men is, sorry, I need to flip my script open here. One of those men is Hugh Latimer. Hugh Latimer is about the age of 70. He's been preaching the gospel. He's been transformed and uh, by the gospel of Jesus Christ and been preaching and found himself preaching a gospel that is not accepted um, amongst the populace. There's a change in the rulership and a lady comes to power by the name of Mary, Queen Mary, or you might know her as Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary comes to power and begins to literally ruthlessly take out the Protestants. And the word to Latimer is, listen, it's time now to flee England. And he says, no, I am going to stay. And I'm going to seal the preaching of the gospel with even my own blood if it need be. Similar there in the period of 1555, there is a man by the name of Nicholas Ridley, about 55 years old. Ridley also is a passionate Protestant preaching the gospel. He has found himself in the crosshairs again of the Roman Catholic Church and Bloody Mary. And the word is clear that they will be killed. If they do not recant, if they do not recant on this preaching of this gospel and the errors in which they see of the church there that was not holding to sola scriptura, as they would say, scripture alone. I want to read to you this morning from Reformation Heroes is a book that we've been using with our boys. Sometimes it's a little intense, and so we have to kind of dial back the language or or pass over some points that are hard. But we want them to hear that the gospel is one in which people throughout history have had to contend with their very lives for. Because here in America, we don't really see that. But this, this gospel and this fact that you and I are gathering this morning in a Protestant church has been indeed laid with the seed of the martyrs, right? The blood of the saints. The people have contended for this gospel that you are hearing this morning with their very own lives. So it is October 16th, 1555. Ridley, the 55-year-old, looks back at the Latimer, the 70-year-old, lagging a bit behind. They've been condemned to death. They're on the death march. Are you there? asked Ridley. Yes, answered Latimer. I'm coming as fast as I can. When they reached the site, Ridley embraced Latimer. Listen to what he says. Be of good cheer, Brother Latimer, for God will either lessen the fury of the flames or else strengthen us to bear them. Hear that again. 
Be of good cheer, Brother Latimer, for God will either lessen the fury of the flames or else strengthen us to bear them. A sermon is preached. 1 Corinthians 13.3 is cited, though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profit me nothing. They're trying to help them realize they need to recant, but yet they continue to refuse Saying, so long as the breath is in my body, I will never deny the Lord and his known truth. God's will be done to me. An iron chain was fastened around their waist. And a torch was lit and laid on the wood beneath their feet. Latimer said to his friend, be of good comfort, Master Ridley, and play the man. We shall this day light such a candle by God's grace in England as I trust shall never be put out. And with that, Nicholas Ridley and Hugh Latimer would be surrendered to the flames and give their lives for the gospel. Did you hear what he said? Either God may, either God will rescue us from these flames or He will give us the strength to bear them. Sometimes it's hard to trust God in the valleys of life, isn't it? It's difficult in the moments when the pit is there. Those are hard moments, difficult moments. The people of Israel, the the southern kingdom, Judah, have now found themselves in Babylon in captivity, exile. And it appears that there's no way out. This dark hole is there, just keeps getting deeper. And maybe you felt like that the moment you try to get out of the pit, like you just keep falling back in or somebody throws dirt on you, right? I mean, you feel that like there's probably been moments when you felt like I might as well give up on ever getting healthy. I might as well ever might as well give up on ever passing this class or getting this degree. I might as well ever might as well give up on this marriage. I might as well give up on ever having children. I might as well give up on ever getting along with that person in my family. I might as well give up on this ministry. Beloved, giving up or running away or however you may choose is not the biblical response even to the darkest of valleys. And Isaiah 40 today will remind us that Christians through the hope Christ gives can face anything. Hear that again. Christians, through the hope that Christ gives, can face anything. So let's look at it today. Maybe three primary points from this text here in Isaiah 40. First is this. Christians can face anything because Christ is coming. Christians can face anything. You can face anything, beloved, because your Savior is coming. Comfort, begins verse 1 of Isaiah 40. Comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended. Her iniquity is pardoned and that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. The setting is interesting because Isaiah 39 just closed last week with Hezekiah hearing from the prophet Isaiah that who did you show all the treasures to? Well, I showed it all to Babylon. He says, I want you to know there's going to come a day when the Babylonians will come here and take everything from your house, from the temple. They're going to desecrate everything. In fact, they're going to take even your own sons and make them eunuchs. You remember Hezekiah's response? What you said is good. For he thought there will be peace and health in my days. 
And then Isaiah 40 jumps now forward as if the, the script skips forward many years down the road looking further to when the people of Judah will find themselves in the midst of Babylonian exile. But God says to his people, even there in the darkest of valley, in the pit that seems to only get deeper, that there's going to come a time in which this will end. And notice this. This is beautiful. Verse 3 of Isaiah 40. Some of the most important texts, Old Testament, you have. And I'm going to show you why in a moment. A voice cries. And notice what he says here. In the wilderness. I love that. That there's a voice that will cry out to you in the midst of your wilderness. That some of you today, in the midst of this pit you're in, there is a wilderness, your wilderness that you're experiencing. There's a voice that may just be whispering to you, don't give up hope. Don't stop trying. In the wilderness, there's a voice. Listen, it says, a voice cries in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. He says, God is coming to you in the wilderness. Did you hear it? In the midst of your deep pit, hear this this morning. God is coming. God is coming. I love it. Amen. Is that you, Waylon? Preach on, bro. Preach on, baby. I like it. God is coming. This statement here of Isaiah 40, verses 3 specifically through 5, is some of the most important texts that we have in the Old Testament because listen to where it picks up. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all four Gospels cite this very passage. And they say, who fulfilled it? Do you know who fulfilled that? JB, right? Who's that? John the Baptist, listen to this, Matthew chapter 3, verse 3. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, this is he, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Mark chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Luke chapter 3, verse 4, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. And then John chapter 1, verse 23, the fourth and final gospel also cites this passage. Listen to what he says. And John said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. It tells us that even though we hear these words from the prophet Isaiah in some 600 B.C., that 600 years later, listen, it says the ultimate fulfillment, although, yes, God was going to come to his people in Babylonian exile, that was not the ultimate fulfillment. John says, John the Baptist says, I want you to know that when Isaiah wrote those words, he was speaking ultimately about me because Christ is coming. Because Christ is coming. Right, We need to hear that today to be reminded, listen, that all of us, why? Because God cares about you in the midst of your exile. God cares about you in the midst of your captivity. And ultimately that captivity is the sin. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us are captive to our own desire and our own will. And the good news is God knows that and He still sent His Son to rescue you, beloved. You've got a good God this morning if you are in Christ. If not, you are what Paul said to the church at Ephesus in verse 12 of Ephesians 2. You are without God and without hope in the world. That is a lonely and scary place 
to be. So we know that Christ is coming according to the prophet Isaiah. And we see it ultimately fulfilled as John the Baptist steps on the scene. We must ask now, but is our situation too far gone? And listen again to this beautiful, beautiful refrain from the prophet. Listen to this. Every valley, listen to this, this is, this is awesome. So he says first, in the wilderness prepare the way the Lord, make straight, which indicates that things are now crooked. Some of you feel that your life is just this crooked mess. Listen to this, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. You ever felt like that? Your life was a crooked mess. That you find yourself in the lowest valley or the seem like the highest, the biggest mountain. It stands in front of you and it seems impassable. There's no way you'll ever get around it. Uneven ground. Every time you try to take a good step, you find yourself falling two steps back, back into that sin or back into that relationship or using that language again or back in that place. And it just seems like your situation is maybe just too far gone. Maybe you might remember, right? I don't know if this is what inspired old the great poet Marvin Gaye, right? But ain't no mountain high, right? Enough. Come on. Ain't no valley low, right? To keep me from loving you, baby. But Marvin Gaye's not showing up, beloved. The blessed Son of God is coming for you. Does that warm your soul a little bit? He's coming for you. He's coming. To you in the midst of your darkest season. Listen to that. I mean, it, it, this, this is Isaiah's writing to say this is the most impossible scenario. I mean, there's valleys, there's high mountains, there's uneven ground, there's crooked paths. Like, there's no hope for these people. And he says, he's coming. To you in the midst of your darkest season, maybe where death is looming. Finances are crumbling. Relationships are failing. Health is declining. Hope is fading. There is a voice that is crying out to you in your wilderness. I am coming for you. I am coming for you. And nothing is too much for me. What is impossible with man is possible with God. I'm coming for you. Maybe you wonder, well, what difference does it even make if he does come? Listen to what he says in verse 5. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. Notice what he says here. And all flesh shall what? All flesh shall see it. All flesh shall see it. God coming to the rescue of his people in Babylonian captivity was about revealing God's glory. Why? Because God is glorified in helping those who could never help or rescue themselves. If you wonder today, that's you. God receives glory for rescuing those who could never rescue themselves. That is where the people of Judah have found themselves. They have no hope. 
Right? I mean, it feels again like we're back in Egypt, like there's no hope. And it says, listen, I want you to know there's a voice crying because there is a God who is coming to you in your wilderness. It's interesting, Luke chapter 3, right? When Luke is citing this passage about John the Baptist and saying that, listen, John is the voice of one crying. He says further in verse 6 that, listen, all nations, all people shall not see the glory of the Lord. He says they shall see the salvation of the Lord. Why? Because God's glory is revealed ultimately to us in this. Jesus Christ came to save sinners. Of Paul who said, who am I? Chief. I'm chief. It's God's glory to send his son to save us. And listen, he desires, look what he says, and all flesh shall see it. And so listen, that looks like us practically. That means we must We must send the buses in this community Wednesday night, Sunday night to pray soon on Sunday morning. Some will begin coming. God will draw. But listen, we must. They must see the salvation of our God. They must know that they are loved. They must know that someone came into midst of their wilderness to rescue them. Beloved, this is why we will go to Oklahoma this summer. Is it the Oklahoma and people, right? Those there in Oklahoma at Camp Crossway, that they will see the salvation and the glory of our God. This is why we are going to changers. This is more than improving a physical house. This is about their spiritual home. This is about where they will spend eternity. We want all flesh to see it. And as Brother Todd shared just earlier, this is why we must go to the nation. Because this salvation, this glory that has been revealed in Christ, God says it will be preached. This gospel will be preached unto all nations. And then the end will come. So, beloved, we must go. Why? Because we ourselves have known what it's like to be in a pit. We know what it's like to be hopeless. So we must fire up the buses. We must go knock on doors. We must go to this community. We must go to the state. We must go to Oklahoma and this nation. We must go to the world. Why? Because we know that there's a rescuer for people in the pit. Like how could we let them stay there and not tell them there's a rescuer? There's one who loves you, has come for you, even in your So we can face anything because Christ is coming. Secondly, we can face Christians can face anything because he is able to restore us. Isaiah shows us he's able to restore us this because God's word stands forever. A voice says, verse six, cry. And I said, what shall I cry? And he says, all flesh is grass and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers and the flower fades. Remember that fading flower right it's the the man's glory when the breath of the lord blows on it surely the people are grass the grass withers the flower fades but the word of our god will stand forever don't hear this message today and assume that you are somehow tough enough it's a dangerous thing at times when our flower just seems to keep blooming and other people's petals are falling off we can sometimes have a tendency to puff our chest out And the text reminds us today that we are all flowers and we're all fading. We're all the grass of fall. It's fading. 
Winter is coming, right? None of us are going to, none of us in our own strength are able. So we hear that, right? And listen, when he's, when's it happen? He says, listen, this happens when the breath of the Lord blows on it. The moment God just blows, right? Like that dandelion. Like how many of you ever used to do that, right? Like pick them up and just blow on it, right? I don't know about you, but I didn't walk around thinking, okay, there's a tough dandelion. Oh, that one's a little weaker. I just grabbed one and blew it, right? Did you not, right? I don't know. I mean, some of you, right, may be upset about that, right? You're kind of, that's your, your area in which you work. You're like, you should take the weaker ones, right? I, I get it. I understand, right? Don't, but listen, it's just that moment of weakness. And the reminder is we're all like that dandelion, beloved. And here's the hard part. Sometimes the Lord blows on you when you seem to be in full bloom. Others of you, you may be realizing that there's been a lot of petals already falling off. But when the Lord blows on that life, he says it's taken away. But listen to what he says here. The grass withers, the flower fades. Again, this is cited throughout the New Testament. But but he says, look what he says. The word of our God, what? It will stand forever. Some translations even render it will rise forever. His, listen, think about what God's word has withstood throughout the centuries. God's word withstood, even giving it to Moses coming down that mountain and seeing the people worshiping the calf and all the other revelry. And he just throws the commandments down. But listen, God's word is not broken. It's still alive. God's word remains, even though the Philistines have captured the ark and the glory of God has departed there in that sense of his presence among them. Listen, God's word remains even the destruction of the temple as the Babylonians come in to conquer them. God's word remains even when Herod attempting to kill the Christ has all the two-year-olds put to death. God's word remains and lives even when Pilate and the religious leaders crucified him on the cross and placed him in a borrowed tomb. The Word of God stands and lives forever because Christ is the resurrected living Word. It lives forever. It will never end. Listen, so you must, you must build your house upon this rock. This church must be built upon this rock. Your Sunday school class must be built upon this living rock, right? We're not just simply worshiping a book. This Word is alive. Christ is the living Word. I was reminded this week of how foolish it can be to try to let someone else help you build something. This past week, I was... What, what holiday came this past week? I don't know if it's a holiday, right? But it's like, I don't know. What do you call it? Valentine's Day, all right? All right, bad. I don't even know how you say it. But All right, so listen. Um, a couple things. One, I'm cheap, okay? My bride could probably tell you. I don't know the last time I got flowers. Usually she gets a flower when I go to someone's funeral. That's bad, isn't it? Right? And Walt's like, does anybody want a flower afterwards? And I'm like, I'll take one, right? It's true. He's here. He can tell you it's true. And the second thing is, is, uh, listen, I, I'm usually just not a fan of some other chap writing words to my bride, and so I, I want to write my own. And so this week I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make her a card, right? I usually write something. I'm like, I'm going to make a card this week, right? We're, we're, we're working on the house. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make a pop-up house. So I go on YouTube, right? Jude and I are there working together. And, and th- this is the video, right? And you don't have to throw it on the screen because I don't want to call this lady out, whoever she is, God bless her. Um... I'm about 20 minutes in, okay? The video's at 2.37 at this point. So you know how many times I've had to stop and rewind, right? This is literally what happens, all right? So stay with me. 
she says this, and it's, it's quoted on the, on the script. And I actually have printed out a piece from a template that is the V-fold already connected. Here's what's happened. I've spent 20 minutes trying to follow her little cuts, and I'm trying to put this in and out, right? And I'm finally like, I don't have any clue how this is actually going to make a pop-up house. And she, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, pulls this template she found online, and she never goes back to the other thing. And I'm like, what? What am I going to do now? I don't have the template. She doesn't even tell where the template came from. And so I'm frustrated to say the least, right? I'm thinking some bad thoughts about this lady, right? I've repented, but I was upset, right? Other people in the comments, they need to repent too because they said a thing. If that was you, you said some bad things in the comments too because you were like, what? And in that moment, the Lord just, just whispered to me, Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds a house, the labor is labor in vain. I mean, you can watch all the YouTube videos. You can try everything to get it right in your life. But unless your life is based upon the living word. You're going to find yourself in some really frustrating seasons. Our restoration, beloved, is, is not only based upon this, this word, it's also the identity of this king. Listen to what he says. I know we've got people that face, man, there's so much today. Wow. Behold, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. Listen, you can withstand anything because the king is coming. The king, the one who can remove oppression, the one who can break every chain, he's coming. Behold, it says, His reward is with Him and His recompense before Him. This is a God who is a faithful rewarder of those who seek Him. Jesus says, I will give to each of you according to what you have done. He is going to reward. And then not only is He king, not only is He a rewarder, right? Thirdly, He is a shepherd. Look at this, verse 11. He will tend His flock like a shepherd. He will tend. And so it's, he's tending. He's gathering the lambs in his arms. He's carrying them in his bosom. And he's gently leading those that are with young. Our leadership has begun asking questions of how we can do this better. Thinking about the number of people that are on the roll as church members. But we haven't seen many of them in years or months upon months. And we have to ask because God's word is clear that we will stand and give an account for all those that are under our charge. And so we must ask again as fellow believers who are called to sharpen one another, who are spur one another on toward good deeds. As Galatians 6 says, we are called to carry one another's burdens. So all of us collectively have a responsibility in this. We need to ask, how well has GBC tended the flock? Gathered the lambs that have walked away how well have we helped carry one another's burdens and how gentle have we been in leading you may have to answer and do what i did and repent but not simply just repent for the sake of repenting it's repentance for the change and transformation of future souls those souls so we as a church have to ask How do we reach them? So this is going to be coming to you. I want you to hear it, though. It's birthed throughout God's word, throughout the scriptures, that this this call to tend, to gather, to carry, to lead. This is who God is. And so we're striving to be and to follow our God's example. So in the one we could face anything. Why? Because Christ is coming. 
Secondly, we can face anything as Christians because Christ is able to restore us. And thirdly, look, Christians can face anything because Christ will renew our strength. Why do you say, verse 27 of Isaiah 40, kind of fast forwarding some of the text. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden. Look what he says here. My way is hidden from the Lord. My right is disregarded by my God. You ever felt that in the midst of your valley, your pit, your wilderness, your desert? God, if you love me like that, your word says you do, like I hear I'm talking about church, then why? Like why this pit continuing? Why this diagnosis continuing? Why this failure in this area continuing? God, like why is this not happening? Are you just, do you not see? Or maybe it's even, maybe it's even bigger than that. Maybe you just don't care. And that's where you and I have to do some soul talk, just like he's going to tell them here, just like the psalmist says, why are you downcast, oh my soul? Why are you despaired within me? Hope yet in God. So we've got to tell ourselves, listen, my feelings cannot trump the truth. That is hard. That will rock you. That's why you need other brothers and sisters who can walk beside you in those hard seasons. But listen to what he says, verse 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Like, hey, did you forget? It's easy to forget in those deep pits. It's easy to forget in the darkness. It's easy to forget sometimes in those long, long valleys, those desert seasons of life. Sometimes it's just like you forget. He says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. The creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Verses 12 through 26. Isaiah has just been laying out for us who God is. Verse 12. He's the creator of everything. Verse 14. He knows everything and yet has never been taught. Verse 15. To him the nations are like a drop in the bucket. Right? Verse 22. He says the people are like grasshoppers. Verse 26. It says that God knows every star. He calls them all by name and not one of them is missing. The ESV study Bible makes this simple note that in the ancient Israeli sky, there would have been about 5,000 stars. But in our galaxy, the Milky Way, there's about 400 billion. And estimates are that there's somewhere close to 125 galaxies. 125 billion galaxies, sorry, in the universe. So this estimate now ranges that there's somewhere close to 10 billion trillions of stars. That's to say a whole, whole lot. And God's word says not one of them is missing. So you think he's going to forget about you that's made in his image? It may feel that way. But he hasn't lost or forgot one of them. And so Isaiah is just saying to those in the midst of a hard season, guys, don't forget who your God is. You can face anything, not because of who you are, but because of who he is. And so where does that leave us? Well, it leaves us in a place of having been willing to wait on God. It says in verse 29 that he gives power to the faint. And him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary. And young men shall fall exhausted. Has that ever described you? Faint, no might, weary, exhausted, collapsing. He says, listen, that's where we often find ourselves in the midst of such hard seasons, right? And here's what's amazing. The text doesn't say, try harder, do this, do that. Listen to what he says. But, listen to this, verse 31. But they who wait... 
for the Lord shall renew their strength. Right, Young's little translation says, those who are expecting Jehovah. The, the Bible in basic English says, those who are waiting or hoping for the Lord. That's important. Why? Because, listen, the, the, the language that's being used here is not indicating a one-time thing. This indicates a lifestyle of waiting, of hoping, of believing. There's... Listen, there's times when we have faith for a moment or two and then we falter. And the text is saying, listen, guys, you cannot stop hoping. You cannot stop believing. You cannot give up. I know the temptation is there, but if you will wait for the Lord, just keep waiting. Say, God, give me grace just for today. Just for today, God, that I can keep waiting one more day. Keep hoping one more day, God. I know that you will renew my strength. I will mount up on wings like eagles. We'll run and not be weary. They will walk and not be faint. It's interesting. The word renew that's used here is also used throughout the New Testament. Paul uses in 1 Corinthians 15. And it's the word that's used that when you and I are raised up to meet Christ in the sky, that our bodies will be transformed. It says, listen, there's a transformation that takes about in your life, not outwardly, but inwardly. That there's a work of God that is so mighty and so powerful that He renews who you are. He transforms you on the inside. So maybe today, beloved, in the midst of your hard times, that you would realize that what you're facing may be similar to what others have gone before you have faced. Hard, difficult seasons. Today, let it be a reminder to you that you and I can face anything because of the hope that Christ gives Christian, you can face anything. Why? Because Christ is coming. Some of you today, you just need to recommit your faith to not give up hope that there is a God who's going to come to you or come to your children or come to, right? He's going to just show up like the, it seems impossible for that person you love, you care about. There's a God who's going to show up in their wilderness. You just need today to say, God, I hope in that God. Oh, you are my God. I hope that you will come in the midst of the wilderness because I know you're faithful. So God, I'm going to wait and I'm just going to keep waiting. Others of you, listen, you need to realize you can face anything because Christ is able to restore you. You are weak, but you today are just going to say, I'm just going to keep relying upon the word that will stand forever. I know that there is a good king who's coming. I know that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. I know that he is a faithful shepherd to care and tenderly care for his people. And God, I'm just committing myself to you because I don't know if I can go one more day. But with you, I can. But with you, I can. Others of you need to realize this morning that Christ with him, you can face anything because he will renew your strength. Some of you today, you feel forgotten by God. That seems like your testimony. Do you not know God? Have you not heard? Today is a reminder for you just to keep hoping for one more day. Keep believing one more day. Not to give up hope. Today is just a moment in which you recognize you're not strong enough to overcome this pit on your own. And you're just coming and bowing before the one who came to you in the midst of your pit. And you're crying out to him, would you give me strength? Would you be my strength? I'm going to hope in you. I'm going to put my faith in you. I'm going to put my trust in you. It seems foolish. I know I said I'd given up, God, because if you were really good, that you would have. But you didn't. And but God, I'm just coming back today to say, God, I'm just going to I'm just going to keep trying. Trusting, even though I can't see, because faith is being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. 
today. Would you come? Would you? Beloved, He came for you in the midst of your wilderness to take your sin upon the cross. Today, you can be free of everything. Set free. If the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. Today, you can be free from all sin and bondage and shame. Come, cry out to Christ. Save me. Have mercy on me. And He is faithful and just to forgive us and purify us from all unrighteousness. Would you pray? Father, in the name of Christ, may you draw, may you speak. I pray it in Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. This is Todd Young with Greensburg Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us today. If you've accepted Christ during today's podcast, we would love to hear from you and connect you with a home church in your area. Or if you have questions regarding a relationship with Christ, Brother Blake and I would love to speak with you. Please contact us at the church office at 270-932-4495 or connect with us through our website at greensburgbaptist.com. In addition, you may visit our website anytime to access the sermon videos and podcast of any recent sermon. You may also subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes store. Have a great day today.